So lovely to see the Kim family there as a whole family uh, lead us in our reading. Was that a treat? Uh, let me pray as we begin, eh? Uh, do bow your heads to pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts, wherever we are, be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The book of Daniel ends with one long vision of a horrific future. The people of God would face this future. In Daniel's final vision, uh, the themes of kingdoms and sovereignty uh, and persecution that we've seen repeated time and time again in this series, in these earlier chapters, uh, are drawn now to an epic close in a Lord of the Rings-style battle. What we read in these closing chapters of Daniel can be frightening to us especially as we look at the persecutions and uncertainties we face in the world around us today. But God is saying to us from this passage, and in fact from the whole book of Daniel as we look back at it, don't be afraid. Remain faithful, until, remain faithful to Christ until the end, for you have been delivered. Don't be afraid. Remain faithful to Christ until the end for you have been delivered. So today, as we sweep through Daniel chapter 10 to 12, to close this series, I hope to remove some of the nervousness we have with this book and with this type of apocalyptic literature and by God's Spirit together to give us hope to move forwards. There are three themes I'm going to focus on. Firstly, angels and demons. Then the Antichrist then the Christ. And we're going to need to use our imagination tool uh, that Rob shared with us a few weeks back. Along the way, we'll see how uh, culture has twisted out of context uh, a lot of the things that uh, we hear here uh, and this imagery uh, into things that aren't quite uh, what the Bible presents. So with that, let's dive in, eh? Do have your Bibles open as we come to uh, Daniel chapter 10 to start with. Uh, Chapters 10 to 12 are part of a single vision given to Daniel. Uh, So with our context tool out, uh, this vision takes place in the uh, third year of the reign of King Cyrus, King of Persia, the same Cyrus who took the throne after Belshazzar was assassinated back in chapter 5. Uh, History shows us that soon into this reign, uh, the Spirit of God moved the king's heart to return exiles back to Judah, along with the articles taken from the temple by King Nebuchadnezzar. And you can read more about that in the book of the priest Ezra. But uh, as this first wave of exiles uh, returned back to the Holy Land, they faced massive opposition. And by the time Daniel receives this vision, two years uh, have uh, passed in the return. And the building work has almost, of the temple has almost completely stopped. And Daniel, now aged perhaps 83, uh, responds to this sad news by mourning and fasting, verse 2. Spiritually joining himself uh, with his brothers and sisters in Jerusalem uh, by expressing something of what they were experiencing. And just as an aside here, remember at the beginning of this series, we said that Daniel was maybe in his early teens uh, when he was uh, taken uh, as a prisoner of war, captive into exile. uh, And now he's perhaps in his 80s. So 70 odd years might have passed. uh, 70 years of living, uh, kingdom living in a foreign land. Uh, After three full weeks, verse 4, God sends him a vision. Uh, An awesome angel appears to Daniel as he stands on the bank of the river Tigris, uh, hovering over the river and dressed in linen. And the angel gives Daniel a glimpse into a world beyond our world, a spiritual world, a world 
of angels and demons. Now, I wonder, what do you think of when I say the words angels and demons? Perhaps you've watched the Amazon series, I think it's now in its second series of Good Omens. Uh, or when I was younger, it was the Buffy the Vampire Slayer series that was all big on demons, that sort of stuff. How often do we stop to, to think on the spiritual realities of this universe that God has created? As Christians, we believe in a creator God who created everything and rules over everything he has made, which is everything. So, of course, we believe in miracles, don't we? Because we believe in a creator God who has the power to, to alter and manipulate the fabric of the things that he has created. But alongside this, this physical world uh, that we can see, smell, hear, taste and touch, uh, there's a, a spiritual dimension that goes by largely unseen. Now, in Western cultures like here in England or perhaps in uh, North America, we largely take this for granted, don't we? Or pretend like it doesn't exist, like uh, this is limited to the impoverished third world backwater countries with voodoo and witch doctors and that sort of stuff. Because we're civilised, aren't we? We've grown up beyond fairy tales and bedtime stories, haven't we? Brothers and sisters, don't be so naive. Don't be so foolish to ignore the realities of the spiritual dimension that the Bible speaks plainly about. God is clear. There are angels and demons operating in the world. The devil is our very, very real enemy. And his purpose, his mission, is to deceive us, to whisper lies to us, to trick us into doubting God and his many, many blessings to us, just like he did to Adam and Eve back in that garden in Eden. With our biblical imagery tool, we are reminded by Paul in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 12, that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, authorities and powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And so Paul urges us in verse 13 to, to put on the full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Brothers and sisters, the devil is real. And he is sending all his forces, his troops, his demons, which are fallen angels, across the world to twist the truth about God and to influence people into punishing, persecuting and destroying the people of God. Do you believe this? Because if you don't, then you really should. Lest you yourself be unable to extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one as he fires them against you. To cause you to trip and stumble. To cause you to deny the God who has bought you at such a great price. Meditate on Ephesians chapter 6. Take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. In chapter 10, the angel who appears to Daniel tells him that he's been delayed from answering his prayers for three weeks because another angel, one who influences the Persian kingdom against God's people, was resisting him in verse 13. Now, uh, the angel speaking to Daniel was only able to get this message through to him when the archangel Michael stepped in to assist him. Okay, so with our imagination tool out again, um, because what's going on is a bit like a cross between a, a spy movie and the Lord of the Rings series. 
This angel must soon go back to fight against the angel of Persia, verse 20. But he had first to come to Daniel to explain to him what was written in the book of truth. Daniel and his Jewish readers were being shown that they weren't just facing human opposition in the Persian courts with the fiery furnace and the lion's den and so on. But actually behind it, the the powerful spiritual beings were operating against them in the heavenly realms, whispering and influencing the kings against them. There is a heavenly battle going on, which we can't see but impacts our experience on a regular basis in this world. Just read the opening chapters of the book of Job. Coming to realise the extent of this heavenly battle made Daniel fall in anguish, verse verse 16. But by a simple touch and a healing word, the angel strengthens Daniel, saying, verse 19, Don't be afraid. Peace. Be strong. Be strong. Brothers and sisters, know for certain that in life, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, God has defeated that great enemy, the devil. The battle has been won. That is certain. But like a tiger with a deadly wound, he is still flailing about and causing havoc and harm for God's people. Both the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation give a glimpse into how the war will finally be won. Brothers and sisters, in the face of these spiritual realities, don't be afraid. Remain faithful to Christ until the end, for you have been delivered. Okay, so we need to get our context tool out again. Uh, In chapter 6, we wondered why King Darius seemed so fond of Daniel. And here in chapter 11, verse 1, we get the answer. This angel says to Daniel, I took my stand to support and protect Darius the Mede. Isn't that interesting? Here is the influence of that spiritual realm. It seemed that this angel had warmed the king's heart towards Daniel in opposition of the angel of Persia. So angels and demons, they're not like we see in the movies or Terry Pratchett's Good Omens or or Buffy. But they are a very real presence in our world. So that's angels and demons. Uh, What about the Antichrist? I wonder, what do you think of when you hear the term Antichrist? It's a bit frightening, isn't it? Chapter 11 is an absolutely fascinating chapter, and I really uh, loved and enjoyed my time digging into it uh, as I was preparing for this, uh, this sermon, wrestling with it and trying to understand it with the help of commentaries. Essentially, what's going on in the middle of this section of Daniel's vision, the angel with the most astounding accuracy explains to Daniel exactly what will occur over the next 270 years. Now, with our context tool out, we can see that the angel is giving greater detail to the vision of the statue given in a dream to King Nebuchadnezzar in chapter 2, and to the beasts given in a dream to Daniel in chapter 7, and to the horns given in a vision in chapter 8. Now, we won't go through it now, but remember, when the vision was given to Daniel, he had absolutely no idea what it meant or who it related to. 
It was only years later, as the Jewish people looked back on this prophecy in around about the year 100 BC, that they could see just how accurately, with astounding accuracy, it mapped onto the persecution they had already experienced as they looked back from beyond the Maccabean revolt. That aside, the purpose of the vision was to encourage Daniel that God is in control and to tell future generations over the next 300 of years that this vision took place to expect severe persecution. But those who remain faithful to God will stand until the end. It's fascinating. But more than fascinating for believers, this is a massive encouragement for us. We don't know why atrocities are happening across the world. We don't know why COVID is being permitted to continue as long as it has. We don't know why the Philippines are being hit by typhoon after typhoon. We don't know why terrorists have been attacking in Europe recently. We don't know. But as we've been learning from the book of Daniel, God is sovereign over all things and is in complete control. Nothing is beyond his power. And in some way, which we'll likely never understand before we stand before him in glory, he is working all things for the good of those who love him. Those who have been according, according to the, called according to the purpose of his will, as the Bible tells us. So, brothers and sisters, don't be afraid. Remain faithful to Christ until the end, for you have been delivered. After all these things have taken place, chapter 11 ends with a prophecy that one day a very great evil will come and will make the life of God's people even more difficult and painful. This is the king of chapter 11, verse 36, the king of the north. It says there, He will exalt and magnify himself above every god and will say unheard of things against the god of gods. Now, there are many views on who this king uh, will be and if he's already come or is yet to come. I take the view that uh, it maps onto that period, but also has a vision of a future period. That Daniel is now also speaking prophetically further ahead about the end of times, that final battle pitched against God and his people. Now, with our biblical imagery tool, again, we turn to Paul's second letter to Thessalonians, chapter 2. We see Paul there describe to believers a great evil who will come at the end of times, just before the Lord Jesus returns in his glory. Paul calls him here the man of lawlessness and elsewhere the Antichrist. The Antichrist, scary word perhaps, but it simply refers to one who is completely opposite or is greatly against God's chosen one, because that's what Christ means, anointed or chosen one, so Antichrist means one against God's chosen one. Paul continues in verse 4 there. He will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped, so that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. Daniel continues in chapter 12, verse 1, that this will be a time of great distress. And he goes on to say that all who God has chosen, all whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, as John says in Revelation, will be delivered. Now, it doesn't mean that no harm will come against God's people. 
We know that's not true. We see that in the world around us today. But rather, those who have died trusting in the Lord, who now sleep in the dust, verse 2, will be raised up, will awake to everlasting life. Listen, if you trust in Jesus, then your future hope is secure. Regardless of what you face in life, your eternity is fixed. It's easy, isn't it, to look at the world around us, at the great persecution Christians face, at the the dark valley that COVID continues to be. Or as we've seen throughout this series, to, to look at our own country and to see how the tide is turning against Christians over our views on morality and marriage and gender. And to think that we've lost, that God is out of control, that the devil is winning. Brothers and sisters, don't be deceived. The book of Daniel has always, always given God's people great hope in the face of severe persecution. Because we believe in Jesus, the Christ, God's anointed one who has won. Daniel's book closes with a vision of the very end of times. When after much persecution has come against God's people, a very great persecution will come. The very final attempt of the devil and his forces to destroy God's people. But remember, as we've seen time and again in Daniel, God is sovereign and in complete control. Look back to the second half of Daniel, chapter 11, verse 36. He writes there, he, the Antichrist, will be successful until, small word, big meaning, until the time of wrath is completed. For what has determined must take place. You see, this angel tells Daniel and us that God has predetermined the extent to which the devil can cause harm. The devil and his forces, they're not equal to God. They're not opposite in strength to God. It's not like two armies pitched against each other in a, in a battle and we're waiting to see who will overcome. No. The powers of the devil, the powers of the evil one are nothing compared to the power of God. As I've said already, Jesus has won the victory over Satan and his power. The war has been won even though the final little battles are still being played out in our age. Paul continues to write in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8. Lord Jesus will overthrow the man of lawlessness, the Antichrist. And listen how he does it, so simply, with the breath of his mouth. And destroy him by the splendor of his coming. As we approach Advent, praying towards Jesus' second coming, we know as believers that on Jesus' approaching, his glory, his great light will just diminish and extinguish the evil in the world. It can't stand against him. God gave Daniel a vision of what was to come, to give his people hope to persevere, to remain faithful to God no matter what the devil threw at them. And we who believe in Jesus, we look back to this book and the book of Revelation with a greater hope and security than Daniel could have ever known. Because we have seen how the war has been won. We know for certain that the devil has no power over us. Brothers and sisters, I know COVID is scary. I know we fear sickness and death. 
And we fear losing the people we love to this pandemic and to other maladies. But if we are Christians, then we know for sure that death has been defeated. Paul writes to encourage us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 and 14. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death. So that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring Jesus with those who have fallen asleep in him. Because our Lord Jesus Christ died for us and was raised again to reign as our ruler and king and Lord. Jesus is reigning today. The universe is his today. And we who believe are already now in this moment living as part of his kingdom. We have two passports. So we shouldn't fear, but look forward with hope and joy and confidence in all situations, persecutions and trials. As we press forwards kingdom living in this foreign land, journeying towards our heavenly home. The book of Daniel closes with Daniel still asking questions, still having some uncertainties. And the angel reassures him in chapter 12, 13 with these closing words. As for you, go on your way till the end. You will rest. And then, at the end of days, you will rise to receive your allotted inheritance. That's a promise for all of us who believe. So, brothers and sisters, as we come to the end of the book of Daniel, let me encourage you again. Don't be afraid. Remain faithful in Christ until the end, for you have been delivered. Amen. A moment to reflect on what we have heard. Don't be afraid because we have the Son who has destroyed the enemy. Christ tells us that in his father's house are many mansions. We pray together that this hope that we have in Christ will be real in our lives today. As we worship Christ, our cornerstone. We also pray for our brothers and sisters in the Philippines that the good spirit of God will abide with them at this time in their pain and as they seek to rebuild their homes again. This we offer. In Christ's name, amen.